everybody, welcome to the New World Podcast, bonus episode number nine. Wow. That's a that's a niner there. That's a niner. We're niner. nine bonus in. Uh, this is where we kind of do a little bit more of a laid back, you know, kickback episode where we talk about some things we're watching. We're normally looking, very polished. Very polished. Yeah. Extremely. It's a lo- looser. It's a touch looser. Yeah. This one's looser. Not the usual polished uh, well thought out, planned episodes like you you normally hear. This is a little looser. This is us just kicking back. I'm just the top button. That's just loosen the top the button. Tie. Just loosen the top the button. Just loosen the tie. Don't get rid of it. No, don't take it off. I'm, no. I'm sitting on a beanbag right now. It's whoa, it's whoa, real laid back. Just real mm. laid back. Just mm. kicking it. Um, and uh, we're gonna talk. We're fact. We're gonna even have a spotlight. We're gonna talk about some things we've watched. But we've got a spotlight tonight. We're going to put a particular movie in our spotlight. I'm really excited to talk about this movie because this is just kind of a surprise. We have gotten into, I feel like, some movies basically in this podcast. We're obviously discovering a lot of it because as much as we obviously knew a lot of the New World movies, that I me, that means me, Ryan. I also mean, who's also with me, Mark. Oh, yes. And I also watch these movies. And also, Eric also has not watched many of them. No, I'm a noob to almost all yeah, of them. But besides Children of the Corn and a few assorted others, right. Hellraiser and so on. Mm-hmm. But there's certain uh, New World movies that Mark and I have definitely not seen. Most of them. And, and really because they there's a tremendous amount of the movies. So a lot of this podcast is not only just us watching a lot of these movies that we love that New World put out, but also discovering new gems one of those new gems if you scroll back down to a few episodes before this bonus episode number nine you're gonna find a movie called crystal heart which we did not know anything about before we watched that brilliant masterpiece of a film i pretty much feel like when i look back at my life i look at everything i did before crystal heart and everything Mm -hmm. i've done after crystal heart it was just one of those movies that transforms what you think a movie could have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's all I can say. It's, it's There's, just, yeah. um, I, I like, I walked out as a kid, I walked out of Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark, just stunned, but nothing mm-hmm. prepared me for Crystal Heart. No, there's no way <laughs> no. that Indiana no. Jones How could have prepared it? me for How that. How could it? We saw that movie. We fell in love. We, if you listen to the episode, you're going to know our love is legit. Our love is real. And that made me think, I even mentioned on the episode, we got to start, we got to listen, we got to watch another film by director Gil Bettman. What else has he done? Well, what he's done is this episode's spotlight. We're talking about Never Too Young to Die. The new American hero. John Stamos is Stargrove. Stargrove. Vanity is Donja. Simmons is Ragnar. Never too young to die. Rated R. So this movie, if we owned a a Hollywood video, this would be in the manager's selection. Like that little box where you'd see, you know, Mark employee, Mm -hmm. Mark employee number one really likes this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. If we were running a Hollywood video now, <laughs> at the Hold time on. we're discovering it, because here's the thing: 
We if? did you say if? Yeah, I'm just saying, guys, look out for our Hollywood video. It's coming back. <laughs> Everyone loves that last blockbuster. Yeah, they're forgetting right Hollywood video. The last Hollywood We're video. We're gonna breathe some life into Hollywood video. <laughs> We're gonna call it the new last Hollywood video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this movie, Never Too Young to Die, uh, it, it just came right after uh, Crystal Heart. Um, the if you look at it, it's now on Prime, and we implore you to go ahead and watch it. Um, it has a different poster on there than I remember seeing in the video store in a Hollywood video. Like if you look at the one that's there on um, IMDb, that is the the poster that I remember seeing, which is like John Stamos like pointing a gun straight ahead, and then like Vanity slightly next to him and behind him also holding a gun. That was the poster I remember, and I remember seeing that. I do not remember Crystal Heart. I don't know if I ever saw Crystal Heart, but I remember seeing that box, but I was like, Ugh, I don't know. And basically, you know, that I've just been denying myself. I denied myself not seeing this movie. Let's talk about what this movie is, okay? We start this movie out. It's Is it in modern times? I don't know. It could be. It is. All the vehicles are all modern times. I mean, for whatever, 1987, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's 1986 the movie comes out. So we're talking maybe 85. All the the technology, everything is appropriate for that time. So it has to be modern time. Well, what I mean is... But in a place that feels out of time. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Because I'm like, but yes, but did society end in 1985? Because we see a lot of punks in a sort of post-apocalyptic mountainside uh retreat where gene simmons plays the leader of this gang in a completely over-the-top performance that is the best and we mean that in the best way and he instantly is telling his punk rock crowd of followers his evil plan Figured out how to access their computers, re-channel radioactive waste, so it goes from Diablo Canyon into their drinking water. <laughs> poison the water supply. I'm gonna poison their water supply for gold, for ransom, for jewels, for money. <laughs> poison, poison, How is it? How I, I honestly I don't understand his plan. He's going to pollute the water system to how are you going to how does that get you money? It, I, who know Ragnar, it, he didn't think that far in. All he but knows very, is that for the first five minutes, he's like, we're going to pollute the water system. All I need is this disc. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's basically the plot for most of the movie. That's it. Uh, and you know what? brilliant you know <laughs> for one you're talking to mid 80s so we're like oh i mean yes whatever you would need to pollute a water supply is clearly could just all fit onto a floppy disk of some kind yeah and not, that's, a, not a cd-rom disk let's no. be clear it's a three by five floppy disk yeah like it's a, a, definitely a floppy disk and it's yeah it's it's not a usb drive no it is no. just a floppy disk and of course you just put that in any old computer and then oh we're all screwed because technology <laughs> can do anything now. Yeah, it can do right. anything. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to still log in through DOS and you have to know all the different... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like, once you know that, then you could just screw with anyone. And poison that water with knowledge. We're going to put this... <laughs> we're going to put this floppy in. We're going to move the phone out of, off the phone holder onto the modem cradle. Then right. we're going to get into the internet and then, oh, just look out. It's, Ragnar's you know, like, guys... Nobody pick up the phone. I'm finally connected. <laughs> Don't screw this up for Don't me. Screw- <laughs> Leave it. Yeah, and he's he's saying this to a legion of fans or members of his cult that yes. are a mix between yes. a low grade Mad Max movie and what you know parents in the '80s would think a punk rock person would look like you know it's like the worst interpretation it's like the jerry springer of punk rock you know yeah Yeah. and they are all in but oh so what is their upside they live in this shitty mountaintop like 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 almost um it looks like a bombed out shelter right and right they're all filthy and (laughs) i don't see what they're like if I don't, I'm not clear what he's getting out of this. But more nope. importantly, I'm not clear what, what are they any getting. Of this, yeah. They're getting nothing out of this, yeah. but right. they are in. He does say that he's going to get a lot of money out of it somehow. Again, I guess, I guess you hold the city ransom. I don't. I have no clue how, what he's going to do. But they're all in, and I guess there's profit sharing. I mean, it's like I a don't commune. know. Everyone, what is it? Does Ragnar can. offer a 401k? Does he offer? Like, yeah, what the, are the bennies? Tell me what the bennies are. I could be in. He has a he has a very he has a strong pension plan, and if you serve him <laughs> for twenty five years, you're set for life. Twenty five, yeah. dude. I can do twenty five. He's gonna. I take can do twenty five. It's not thirty, dude. It's not thirty like a lot of companies. It's twenty five. It's pretty. That's a pretty low bar to get in there on. The- <laughs> Which makes sense because, and it explains the fact that people in his cult or group or whatever you want to call it, no matter where, and we'll get to him, Stargrove. No matter yeah, where oh. Stargrove goes, oh, yes. one of his people is there to pick a fight to try and kill him. Yeah. Again, they must be looking out for that pension plan because they are committed 24-7 to Ragnar. Wherever, whatever he wants, he they're out there to do it. Gil Batman, the director, uh, he is clearly thinking, I am setting the table here with this scene. Uh, also the Paul family, let's not, let's quickly mention that Gil Bettman just directs this, but, and a whole family of Pauls are involved in the production of this movie. <laughs> Isn't Paul it a Paul production? It is. Paul entertainment. It is. Paul entertainment. I mean, I mean, uh, to just, you know, when we initially, we were talking pre-mic, uh, pre-show, you know, before we hopped on these hot mics, decided to rip off bonus number nine. Um, we were talking about how we were bummed that this was not a new world movie. This feels like a new world movie. Yeah. But Paul Entertainment is the company behind this, and we got a lot of Pauls in here. Stephen Paul co-writes the screenplay. We got Dorothy Coster Paul. She's an executive producer mm. producer. Hank Paul, he's an executive producer. Stephen Paul, that I'm assuming these still the screenwriter, is also a producer. It's a lot of Pauls. They're 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 clearly the ones responsible for this. So they think that they have really they're setting the table here. At the end of Gene Simmons's monologue, he talks about I want Stargrove. I want Stargrove. And we cut to a college campus. We don't know who Stargrove is. Stargrove 
that he's talking about is not the Stargrove that we get introduced to. But that Stargrove is John Stamos, who is part of the gymnast team at this Dunbar College. And we start off immediately with his own theme song. So we go from Gene Simmons, college campus, and this incredible theme song. More lift now. More lift. Real tight. Are you feeling like breaking out? Let's see some height, Stargrove. All right, try it again. Nothing for danger. More lift. Good. Feeling adventurous, then you must put your trust not in a stranger. Playing your own game. Do it your own way. Keeping your own sound that you found. Stargrove. Now this is, I mean, we don't even know who Stargrove is, even at this gymnast level. We're just seeing John Stamos go up and down on the trampoline, but he has the catchiest theme song. We watched this movie and Erica started singing this song because you can literally fill any activity in, mm-hmm. in between the refrain of Stargrove. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Such yeah. as? No. Okay. Not gonna do it. It's not gonna I'm do it. Do it. Well, you can just because once you I'm start, save it, Stargrove. You'll never know when I will do it, Stargrove. <laughs> you can fit anything in here, Stargrove. Anything. And, one, and once you start, you won't oh, stop. It it's is so catchy. It oh. is so catchy. It's addictive. It. it I think is. about it all day. I'll yeah. be at work and I'll be like, Stargrove, responding to my email, Stargrove, <laughs> answering a voicemail, Stargrove, checking all my Slack messages, Stargrove. It just. It oh. is like the best I'm theme song. I'm obsessed with it. I was like, okay, we got Gene Simmons, just an insane performance. We got this incredible song. Like, I. I don't even know what's next, but I am in on this mm-hmm. movie. Sold. I am in. Gil Bettman, you got me again. You got me in Crystal Heart. You got me in Never Too Young to Die. Then we meet the actual Stargrove that is Gene Simmons' uh, uh, target, which is played by George Lazenby, the one-and-done Bond himself. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Come on, this is stupid. You're right. Very stupid. Assuming, of course, you want to see your son. What kind of designer drug are you on? How is Lance involved here? You know, oddly enough, I wasn't sure he was until now. Lance hasn't got a clue about my work. Nor did his mother, but that didn't save her. You bastard. Playing a guy who is clearly not John Stamos' father. <laughs> like, never in a million no. years would be his father. Sorry, ladies But me. I guess is... So, also, clearly wouldn't be a spy. I mean, <laughs> he's, do, you unless, think they, do you think they went out first and were just like, you think Roger Moore wouldn't mind kind of doing this movie? And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm still Bond. I'm still making Bond films. I don't need to do this. And they're like, 
All right, all right, all right. Uh, that's Sean Connery. So Sean Connery isn't. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when. But if uh, they remade this today, Timothy Dalton would be totally down for that. He'd be <laughs> Timothy 100% Dalton in. would be like, if we're pre Timothy Dalton, so we couldn't get to him yet. Or what's his name? Pierce. Pierce um, Brosnan was Pierce Brosnan, was not yeah. was not uh, Bond yet either. Even Pierce would have been a more believable father to John Stamos than Lazenby. Sure. Lazenby though was like the only Bond. If you even they take grab. the best slice of Lazenby, you don't get Stamos. <laughs> I'm sorry. You take a prime cut of Lazenby, <laughs> that prime cut looks nothing like John Stamos. Right. He must have favored right. his mother's side, and she must have been a goddess. <laughs> <because> <laughs> Lazenby contributed nothing. Lazenby just took a he just, he took a trip to the Greek Isles. Yeah. And, yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Come on. here comes John okay, Stamos. John Stamos. Yeah. <laughs> and and a performance now like i have to say too i've said this to erica the other night when we were just i literally just put this back on just to listen to the theme <laughs> song <laughs> uh yep um of course you did Stargrove, <laughs> it is in your head now Stargrove, it is controlling you Stargrove, go out and rob a big Stargrove. <laughs> <laughs> it is so catchy oh my god so oh god where was i um oh i put it in, and i was like this is like also john stamos is honestly i have to say not great in this movie no he's just, not good no, like i, I honestly I disagree he is he's more charming in like yogurt commercials than he is in this movie but he's, he's not supposed he's, to be charming i don't know he's, he's not supposed to be he doesn't know that he's star Grove. yes he, he does not know. he's not aware that george lazenby he's just an angry gymnast he's you angry his di- right <laughs> <laughs> i do <laughs> You know how they are. Everyone knows how angry gymnasts are. We all know. I I, know that. I have to give him credit for the one scene when uh, Vanity is trying to seduce him and he's out on the deck and he's trying to act like he's not paying attention. And he ends up turning that whole scene into like the whole gulp. Oh, what do I do now? And he goes through like two different apples trying to be cool. Like, I'll just sit here and eat an apple. I'm not really staring at you. I was like... Nice work, nice work there. Okay, that's fair. That, that was that was funny. It was a funny little bit that they did. Also, not we're trying to jump we're not because tra- there are people up on a hill with binoculars watching, yeah, watching them through Because <laughs> at the time they're bait. Don't forget that they're bait at that moment. I know, <laughs> and and they're bait, and they're just like he's trying to ignore her that she's walking around in a swimsuit, and then they just go in and have sex right <laughs> but, you're like well people are monitoring the building you're in dude right and what yeah. i have to say is a patented gil bettman sex scene special it is not crystal heart level but when he does a love scene he he, he takes his it. time he takes his time because mm-hmm. i was like this thing is going on and on mm-hmm a lot of open, wide open mouth, no tongue kissing is what's going on in that. <laughs> like real, real mouth pocket to mouth pocket kissing. Going on there. <laughs> From one mouth pocket to another. Oh my God. Wouldn't you like to put John Stamos in your mouth pocket? Uh, no, I, I would put vanity in my mouth pocket <laughs> for sure. Um, you know what? Hey, take it back. I, I, 
I would I would do a little mouth pocketing Thank with John Stamos. I mean, you. just Come a little. On. I want I'm, I want to taste a little bit of that yeah. mouth pocket. Come on, let's, let's not let's be honest. He tastes like he tastes like oikos. You should get some ginger he tastes ale. like that Greek. He tastes like that Greek Maybe yogurt. You should sit a spell. Stargrove. <laughs> no, this is 1986, dude. There's no oikos. It's like <laughs> that's, that's right. It's, it's not like, oikos. It's like <laughs> and some con- yeah. Some He's got some. It's all fruit at the bottom. That's yeah. all it is. <laughs> before you gotta stir that shit up before you put it. You stir it so hard. But you're like, oh, Stamos, apple cinnamon, me likey. Well done. <laughs> great, great flavor selection, my friend. <laughs> oh, shit, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. Vanity, pineapple. Well done. World. But also, really glad we're all eating yogurt. Ragnar, plain? Oh, plain. Plain, not even vanilla? Ragnar. Ragnar would have a different <laughs> flavor than that. Ragnar would be like dark cherry or something like that. Yeah, because he's got no. that little, he's got that little uh, big, that nail, that long nail yeah. that he uses to cut people's throats. It would be something what? exotic. Sta- like he stabs someone with yeah. it in the back? Yeah, but no, that was us. I wasn't but sure about that. It's like, an, it's like a nail sword. But there's certain things in this movie that I just was like, I'm not going to understand it. And that, But that's okay. Because over the many viewings that I will have of this movie throughout my life, oh. which clearly I'm going to com- I I mean, I'm committed to this movie. I'm going to watch it many more times now. I'm sure all these these mysteries will will, <laughs> will unveil themselves, will unveil themselves to me um, <laughs> or not. Or not. Or they'll just remain mysteries. And yeah. I will just revel in th- how mysterious this movie could be. Yeah. But it is a story about John Stamos. His dad's a spy. And he gets mixed up in his dad's business. And I I want to give a shout out to Vanity. Because Vanity really has to do a lot. Because I do think Stamos is a little... Let's just say he's dry. He's it's a dry to performance. Be. He's a college gymnast. He doesn't know the ropes. So that leaves Vanity, who is his dad's partner? Right. Yeah, protege, partner. Right. Pro- protege, yeah. Yeah. So, so ultimately, damn, Erica. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're you're devoting your life to this movie. You understand it? Well, I'm really I'm devoting my life to this movie just simply so that you could actually get to the end of it. <laughs> and I'll get there because you know it's gonna happen. I'm taking time, taking my time. I mean, take it, take it in small chunks. Mm-hmm. I think that's smart. That's what you've done, and I think that's smart. Stop Don't roll, take the inti- watch it at your leisure. Stop. <laughs> I mean, we. Oh my God! I, uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Vanity. What do you think? Well, I, <laughs> he meets up with Vanity. V- Vanity, am I right? Vanity. What do you think? Well, I God. just. They, what they don't. They Vanity. Don't touch on. This movie. Your opinion. Go. Just go. <laughs> they don't. They never touch on the fact that after that sex scene. John Stamos's character, uh, he's now tunnel buddies with his dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, he's what? <laughs> and they've, they've both been down the same hole, if you will. He's no a tunnel way. Bu- tunnel buddies. No Definitely. way. Tunnel buddies, he's saying. <laughs> no. T- Vanity doesn't mess around with Lazenby. Are you oh, kidding? yeah, she was. She absolutely was. She's been star groving for a while. <laughs> I don't 
don't know. I disagree. I disagree. Also, in the dressing room, when he meets with Stargrove, and he knows it's Stargrove, and Stargrove is just trying to plant a little bug in there, he we find out because he he finds the bug. Yeah, and we're talking the, Stamos, just to be clear. Yeah, Stamos Stargrove. Yeah, Stamos Stargrove. Uh, or not on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Stargrove. Right, right, right. Stamgrove. When Stam, when Stam, Stamgrove plants the bug, uh, Ragnar finds the bug and flushes it down the toilet in a toilet that is in the corner of his dressing room with no walls. Yeah, just right. It's like a prison right. toilet, just mm-hmm. in the corner. Mm-hmm. So then. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, that also, I, I guess he's very comfortable. It, which, if, it, which is funny because it also is a very large dressing room. You would think you could have walled in that. Wasn't that there toilet. like some beads or something around it? Though, there's beads like around some, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just open air. It's his own dressing room. He's not worried about who sees his tunnel. Yeah, he's not worried. Yeah, look, he's got to be. He's, you know, I mean, being he, yeah. I, I suppose, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was more thinking if, you know, he grabbed a Papa John's pizza and it got him a little sideways before a show, you know, he's got to clear the whole room out. Be like, guys, I need some privacy. Everybody those beads out. Are, the, those beads are not. Was they, Papa, they're not gonna did all... Papa John's exist in 1985? <laughs> Apparently, Mark crunching numbers. I don't know. Is that you are the, 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 the number cruncher, Mark, is... Uh, I, I didn't look that up. I, I don't even oh, know. Why. Okay. After I said Papa John's, I realized I I should have picked out have Domino's. Said, he could definitely, have easily said Pizza Hut. I could have said Pizza Hut. I could have said I could have said Little Caesars. Little Caesars, yeah. Square Pan Pizza. If you're from San Diego, <laughs> Square Pan. Everyone square knows pan. Square Pan. The pizzas were square. Who did the Cuda guest? Dumb. <laughs> That's why it failed. <laughs> their t- no, their tagline was "We don't cut corners." Mm-hmm. Oh, because they don't, guys. They don't. They're square. They're square well, pizzas. Technically, either do circle pizzas because they don't have corners. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a one big corner. Cracking myself up at my own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> also, this movie, Ryan, and you had told me this, so I don't try. I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but this was supposed to be. Like a, a a franchise, like a, a yeah. spy franchise. It was started to 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 create a Bond like franchise for like a young Bond, which would obviously be Stamos. So this was supposed to be the beginning. God, that should have happened. I mean, yes, yeah, it should have. I mean, honestly, Stamos it could still happen. Stamos looks still. I take ru- a Stamos Bond. He looks roughly about ten years older than he does in this movie at yeah. this point. Like, I still feel like we could pull it off. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to, but yeah, this was supposed to be the beginning of uh, a whole franchise of this movie. Remarkable young man. Is that all you have to say? From start rope. You know, there are from time to time some small assignments where uh, young fellows like you and Cliff could be of great service. Oh, no. I've been shot at, drop kicked, almost blown up. No, thank you. You are a star, bro. So at this point, we have seen Crystal Heart, Never Too Young to Die, uh, according to Letterboxd, which we are on. You should find us there and follow us. We have seen 66% of the movies that Gil Bettman has directed. Wow. We have one more to watch. And That's I can't wait. That's probably more than Gil's family has watched. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. He's, a, he's a still teaching. What's he the teaches, next one? He's, a, he's a, now a professor. He went on to TV in a very successful career in television, but he only did three feature films. 
The next one is Night Vision, which took which didn't happen for another 11 years. And that's Fred Williamson, Cynthia Rothrock and Robert Forster about a homicide investigator that goes after a media obsessed serial murderer with who videotapes his victim's death. Oh, my God. Yikes. Wow. I can't wait for that one. I mean, (laughs) that one's going to hold up. Who's playing the serial murder? Is it Fred Williamson? Is it Forster? Is it Cynthia Rothrock? I feel like she might be the investigator, but that's just I don't know. Uh, Never Too Young to Die is fantastic. It is on Prime. There is also a Blu-ray, I believe, from Shout Factory. I think that's what that new poster is from, is from their release from it, which is a huge improvement, I have to say, over the original VHS poster, or maybe even the poster that they put out from the movie. But man, this was such a good film. Such a good film. Gil Bettman, my new favorite director. Gil Bettman. (laughs) The cinema of Gil Bettman is something I am still, I'm still mining through it. I, I did not realize how much I needed to learn about Gil Bettman and his movies. I'm so glad I, I, I have. We have one more to go, uh, and I can't wait for it. But so far, two fantastic films, Gil Bettman. No one can take that away from you. You're killing it, buddy. If Night Vision is half as good as either Crystal Heart or Never Too Young to Die, I mean, dude, that's a trifecta. Yeah. That's a trifecta. You know, you, they, That's you why know, maybe he's not making anything unimpeachable. anymore. He finished, yeah. he finished that one and was like, I've yep. done all my can- all like, I can. That's it. I'll t- I'm going to go teach you guys how to do as well as I did. Yeah. You know? Gilly out. Uh, anything else that you watched uh, now that we are out of the spotlight, Mark? Uh, have you watched anything else? No. I mean, after really after I saw Never Too Young to Die, I kind of unplugged my Blu-ray player and went, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's so, it. What's the point of watching anything else? Yeah, pretty much. Quietly and just... <laughs> you just I, sat there in, in I, the room, uh, turned the lights off, and just went, let me just think about this for a while. I sat there. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a little cry. I canceled oh, Netflix right. and Prime, and <laughs> he said, uh, that's it I don't me. need to watch movies I anymore. I don't need to lay, I'm my, done. lay my eyes on anything else. I'm done. And then your, 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 your wife, your daughter came in, and we're like, Dad, you've been crying all night. And you were like, well, I'm not crying. Starcraft. <laughs> it is okay to cry. Starcraft. And to be fair, it was all day. But <laughs> I'm more of a daytime um, crier. We did watch some stuff which we should mention because we have talked about this franchise before. But Eric and I have completed the franchise. We've talked uh, on this podcast about Please say Hellraiser. Please say Hellraiser. Please say Hellraiser. Please say Hellraiser. That is that is going to happen, but not yet. <laughs> that is TBD. No, we had to get through Critters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we talked about Critters. Uh, was that our, a con- was that a contractual agreement you guys had signed? That yeah, you had to our get- Yeah, that. Was- <laughs> <laughs> But we had talked about this in the Android episode with Tarek Davis that uh, we started talking about the Critters franchise and how Don Opper's character in that uh, of Charlie really goes through quite an arc. This is Tarek saying that he went through quite an arc, arc and he is 100 percent right. Charlie really is goes through quite a ride. Mm-hmm. And after Android, I was like, I, I want to get into some more Don Opper and there really isn't a ton more that he's done outside of the Critters movies. We'd watched the second one already. We talked about Critters already talked about Critters two already. 
and the giant ball. And so we had to get into Critters 3 with the debut of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. After their first visit... Call the army. They're here. Who? Who? Them? You thought they were destroyed. But they return. And they're getting bigger. After the second encounter... You thought the fuzzy devils were dead. But you were wrong. You're not as smart as you think you are. The critters are back. (laughs) They've just rolled into the big city. Safe at home. In search of new neighbors. They're aliens. Aliens in the base. You have to believe her. They're big, they're huge. And they're never late for dinner. We don't have a gun up here or anything like that. How about a meat cleaver? What is eating him? Critters 3. You are what they eat. Open Three and four, by the way, were both shot essentially around the same time. Two different directors. Um, this one, the third one, is, is directed by Christine Peterson. Um, you still have a lot of the the producing team. Um, obviously, Don Opera is back. He is like the big star. Uh, of this movie, not Leonardo DiCaprio, who is a kid at the time. Yeah, he's just a kid. So he just plays a kid in it. I th- there's not a Christine Peterson didn't direct a lot. She had done a lot of like second unit stuff, particularly like second unit director and assistant director. On, uh, she was on Tremors. She'd worked on Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, as a first assistant. Not one, not one of the best of the Nightmare on Elm Street. Th- that was when uh, <clears throat> Nightmare on Elm Street started to take a downward turn. I mean, four was wasn't great. Five, it really got uh, it got a little tough. Got a little tough for me there. I mean, I think we've already said this, but number one is an absolute classic. All the other sequels kind of feel like a different franchise because it kind of took more of a comedic turn after mm-hmm. the first one. First one's legitimately trying to be scary. I think the rest are more, you know, popcorn movies. But one and three, it's one and three. That's that's all you got to do. And then maybe Freddy's Dead, just so you can get the. Yafet Kodo with the uh, 3D glasses fighting at the end. But, you know, that... that Rest, <clears throat> rest in peace. Yes, yes. Just just this week. Or I guess just last week. But, yeah. Yeah, terrible news. Well, <clears throat> I think you were talking mostly, though, though about the Critters franchise, right? <laughs> In terms of the numbers. Are, um, wait, are we talking... Are we still talking about Critters? <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> I got a little bit, uh, I started to go on to a live dive there on the old Christine Peterson, who had uh, also directed Deadly Dreams in 1988. But Critters 3, they basically are in an apartment building, and Charlie is, you know, there to take them all down and hunt them down in this in this uh, apartment building. You also have Leonardo DiCaprio. Honestly, not bad. It's a movie that Leo uh, tries to deny that he ever made. But they they did this at the same time, Critters 3, and then also basically written by the same guy, David uh, Shao, wrote the third one. 
he sort of also writes the fourth one, but he basically picked up another script. They had handed David Chow the, the third movie, handed the fourth movie over to a guy named Joseph Lyle. And then they were like, not as pleased. So David came in and did rewrites on four. So four, they shot right afterwards. And four is completely in space. Are they going back to the planet in this one? No, they're just on a spaceship. They're not going back to their planet because it, what happened is, is that in three, they at the end of three, they don't allow him to kill off all the critters because they are an endangered species. Okay. So he ends up having to take the species back. He has to go back into like a little spaceship and take them back because they want to save the last two because they don't want the whole, you know, all the creatures to be extinct. Then they go very far into the future and end up on a ship a la Aliens. Where so they're on the Critters and the Stromo. So Charlie wakes up and is like, man, we got to get back down to Earth. And, you know, what year is it? And they're like, you've been in this pod for, you know, X amount of years. And he's like, what? And they don't know what these Critters are anymore. And, you know, um, you get uh, in, in part four. And this is also something Tarek mentioned. The cast. Obviously, you have Don Opper. He's top of the top of the whole uh, the cast. Top billing. We got Brad Dourif, one of the, one of my favorites. Angela Bassett. Oh wow! Just killing it in this. Like like you have a great cast in three and four. You have Leo, young Leo. You've got Angela Bassett, Brad Dourif. Like this is a really good cast. Did they think? Did they think they they were making a movie for a different franchise? Were they confused? <laughs> like, essentially, Angela Bassett was just, like, just started. Like, I, I I don't remember what the next movie she she made, but, like, the next movie she makes, she's, like, you know, a star. So this is, like, the one cruddy movie she made before she really started to, you know, her career started to take off. I would argue Brad Dourif's star kind of got its shine in 1972 with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I don't think that he was, like... Brad Dourif might be a slum in it a bit, yes, yes. Angela Bassett right, was just like right. starting out, you know, um, and on her right. way. Brad Dourif was like, I don't know. I guess I'll do this, too. And then he got into like, you know, child's play. And he was like, well, this is nice. Uh, but if you're like, OK, so we got through three and four. Honestly, I enjoyed them both. I, I really did. I liked them. I think a lot of people kind of like shit on, on Critters 3 and 4. I mean, they're Critters movies, so you have to go in with that. But as far as I was concerned, I really... It's a pretty good franchise. I had not really seen... Outside of Critters 1, I really hadn't seen a lot of these movies, and I really enjoyed them. I really had a good time with them. Again, Critters 4, completely derivative of a whole lot of things. Yeah. Did you like it, Erica? Did you like these? Yeah, they, I thought they were fine. I thought they were enjoyable. I think that the critters themselves start to take a little bit of a dip. Yes. They don't look as scary or as kind of gruesome mm-hmm. anymore as they mm-hmm. did. Um and, but and, other than that, and I, that and that's and that is legit because that because in in three, because they shot them at the same time, they changed the script for four, but they had not they had uh they didn't have any more money to spend to up the budget. So they kind of had to reuse a lot of what they had for th- from three into four because they didn't have any more money to spend. And at that point, the the effects team, the Chiodo brothers, they were like basically working on like so many projects that they kind of had to send some other guys of their team to do Critters 4. 
And they had to kind of improvise a lot of the stuff because they were changing a lot of the ideas, but there was no more money for them to spend because it was all kind of done at the same time. It's all explained on the Blu-rays. But if you do think that we're done with the Critters franchise, we're not. There's also Critters Attack. Now, when did this one come out? This one came out a couple years ago. I believe it was made for the Sci-Fi Channel. So was this the one that was like a series that that had come no, out? No, there was a series as well. So that's the only, the only other thing that we haven't watched Critters-wise. Mm. But Critters Attack is a movie that kind of went for sci-fi. It brings back Dee Wallace. She is supposedly playing the same character she played in Critters 1. But they didn't, can't call her the same name because I'm not sure where the rights are and who has right, what. right. I think they call her Aunt D basically in the movie. It was not her character's name for the first one, but she's basically brought in as like a badass, you know, uh, critter killer. And no Don Opper, which is a shame. That's a bummer. But she comes in as a badass. Unfortunately, she's not in it a lot. And it feels like there are definitely some gore moments. There's definitely some like horror movie moments to this, but this definitely feels like a TV movie. Uh It definitely feels like a movie. There's like a lot of moments I feel like are stretched just to kind of make. Right. But I will say, and you, this was your point, Erica, about the actual critters. Yeah. The critters look good. They they look good. They look good. They're a little bit bigger than the other critters. Yeah. There's different size ones. There's the kind of like newborn ones Mm -hmm. that just hatched. Got it. And then there's bigger ones. Erica's favorite. They look favorites. really good, but the ones that hatched look really gross. <clears throat> Erica likes really... them when they're young and slimy. Yeah, they look really slimy and like gooey and gross. But the pace of this movie is painful. It's like it get to it, get You're to like, just it. Get back to the critters. Got it. It's the title of the movie. It's why we're here. Yeah, it, it's like get once they do get to it. It's you know it's not bad, but it's only eighty nine minutes, and I feel like they were. Definitely stretching to make it to 89 minutes. They're like, man, can't can't we yeah. just like we have about an hour's worth of a film. Can't we just put in like a half hour of commercials and make this work? But and and I have to say D. Wallace is like she's in it, but you know, not enough. not not a lot. Not a lot. And again, is she is she supposed to be like the Linda Hamilton of the Critter series? So she comes back yeah. and she's Correct. badass yes, and everybody's absolutely. like, Oh, finally yeah. you've come back. Now we have hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and she, you know, when she comes in, you're like, all right. But I mean, they she must have been like, uh, I'll give you a week. I'll do this Critters movie. Yeah. I'm not going to do more than a I'm week. I'm not going to devote a ton of time. Yeah. I got a lot of other things. <laughs> I got this cross stitch that's fucking pain in the ass to finish. So I really got to get back to that. But I'll do a week. I'll do a week. Okay. How's that? Um... It's not bad. It's just like, you know, uh, I mean, again, it's it's interesting that all of a sudden there was like the series. Then there was a sci fi movie. Clearly, somebody was like, we got to get Critters going again after like a very long time of the franchise being incredibly dormant. And I do think there's still a lot of fun to be had in that universe. It's just Critters Attack wasn't terrible. It just wasn't. It was it was fine. Yeah. But I honestly have to say three and four a little bit better, though. Erica's point when we watched four, because they didn't have the money, there were certain scenes where there were like new critters and they didn't look very good and gooey and they didn't look right. But that's because they literally didn't have they couldn't make any more. They had to use like some old. So they're, they're, so they're treading they into because they couldn't make any. They're treading into the phantasm world of filmmaking where you're like, 
this is what I have at my disposal. I'm going Almost. to use like, it. <laughs> if Critters 4 had just used a lot of the unused footage from Critters 1 to just right. <laughs> fill out a good 20 to 30 yeah. minutes of screen time, that comparison would be incredibly apt. But uh, it was really more they just didn't have the money to like really create some of the creature effects in 4 that they, they wanted. It definitely would have made it better, but it definitely there's something to that that formula of that alien ripoff that to me and believe me in this podcast we're going to get to alien ripoffs oh we got like many more. plenty many we have more. so many more to get oh. to but there's something about that format that's like okay all right cool you i mean and it's again when charlie is like woken up and he's been in that pod for like hundreds of years or however long it was it just was like wow that's familiar <laughs> this is familiar <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I've been here before, but you know what? I don't mind. I mean, I might've minded more at that time, at the time the movie come out, I'm, I'm watching it so many years later. So for me, I was like, no, this is, I'm totally in. And Don Opper, man. I mean, why didn't he make more movies? He's great. He's great as Charlie, a fun arc for him as a character. Time time for us. We need to friend Don Opper and ask him. I mean, we we, we got to find him, man. We got to track him I down. I don't know that there's any him. other single actor in any of the movies that we have talked about that we have talked about more than Don Opper. I, and uh, well, I take that back. Don Opper, Tawny Katane. If we can get both of them on an episode, yes, yes, boom. Yes. I, I hopefully I, I, we hopefully can end this the, podcast. We'll just be like, well, that's, that's it, right. everybody. We'll be done. We did we'll it. Done. We've done it. We'll be like, we We've know we it. left. We left a whole lot of movies on the table, but I don't think we can get any better. And you know, I'm sorry. That's we have it. to end it here. When we started this podcast, we never really had a clear end goal other than to just talk about these movies. We didn't. Let me just put it this way: we didn't have a business plan. Now we have <laughs> it. Meet Don Opper. Meet Tony Katane. Talk with them for a bit. End of the show. We we did it. Done. Hopefully on the same episode. Oh, that's my hope. <laughs> just together. Wow. Two just two actors. Like, oh, two actors who have never worked together. Right. <laughs> oh, I, nice to meet you, Don. Nice to meet you, Tawny. I you know didn't ever not not aware that we were going to be here together. <laughs> <laughs> Make it the most uncomfortable interview ever. <laughs> In closing, Don, do you have any questions for Tawny? Likewise, Tawny, do you have any questions for Don? <laughs> I'm just going to put this thick piece of glass between you guys and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to just robe and just just be near this glass and just see? Go closer. Closer. Get closer. See if you guys feel any desire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that has been bonus episode number nine with a spotlight on Never Too Young to Die. Please check that movie out. Please check our podcast out. Check out our other episodes we got plenty more coming to you 2021 has been a good year so Mm. far really good year i think we have watched some pretty good things from bonus episodes to the uh, no retreat no surrender one of your favorites Mm -hmm. yeah but then we had to have girls just want to have fun and you You didn't like girls just want to have fun oh god i'm not getting (laughs) thank you for watching this listening to it ended we're good i'm not going down that that, 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 edit this part out edit this out Edit this part. Uh, I think 2021 has been an embarrassment of riches. We're going to have so much more for you. So we'll see you next time on the New World Podcast.